enceinte. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about uh, Probe 7 over and out. Maybe not so much the episode, but um, I could at least now forever always just ask Terry. Zepla. With the question mark. So that's, I just, I'm always excited from here on out to ask him if he wants a Sepla. I'm glad that you have something else for your soundboard too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, I have a couple gems I keep around. I mean, uh, this, this is not one I busted out for a bit, but it's, it's a favorite. That cat was a witch. You know, that's, that's very holiday appropriate. I I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, we're taking a break from the twilight zone. Uh, uh, we do want to say that we're recording this on Christmas Eve. Um, Christmas Day, uh, December 25th, is actually Rod Serling's birthday. And I was looking up here. He was born uh, December 25th, 1924. So had he lived, uh, he would have been 96 tomorrow, if my math is right. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he would have, like, we, we know he died early. I don't know if he would have made it to 96, but happy birthday, Rod Serling. Uh, your work is, you know, uh, daunting to, to try to encapsulate. And it's always, it's always fun to get into. And, um, there was only one episode of the twilight zone that was a Christmas episode. And that was night of the meek from season two. So where do we go for a Christmas episode? Like, where do we go? Uh, we've covered, um, what was it? Seasons of belief from tales from the dark side, just a couple years ago with uh, the grither, which was a lot of fun, but where else do we go? Where else do we go for Christmas cheer? That's, um, anthology based. I suggested to Terry, the feel good series, black mirror. I love how you're uh, like framing this, the feel-good series. I had not seen this show until just recently, and good God, man, you pick a <laughs> hell of an episode to cover. <laughs> Oof. Like, um, you know, Terry and I are good friends, and uh, we've, we've exchanged gifts, you know, via mail, and we got some cool stuff. But I now have gifted Terry the gift of a sledgehammer that's going to beat the living hell out of him for the next, like, 70 minutes or so. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting conversation. And uh, for for all of our new listeners, uh, people that have maybe not tuned in before, yes, we are Twilight Zone podcast at heart, but we like to take these detours every so often. And this is our treat for you. Yeah, this is this, our. I mean, this, if, <laughs> this is our Christmas gift. Woo! Yeah, if you like uh, anthology storylines, like what the Twilight Zone was able to do for you. Um, this is like on steroids, but so like well, to, tuck in. to be fair though. I, so black mirror is a series has been around for a while, right? So it's been around since what, 2011, I think I, I just, uh, and it's mainly, it's, it's the brainchild of, uh, Charlie Brooker who I don't know a whole lot about him. However, he's done a lot of other 
things before uh, Black Mirror. He had a, he had a, um, a show called News Wipe and then Screen Wipe that were kind of more. Uh, like humorous, like looks at behind the scenes of news and like media. So he always has his eye towards like how the sausage is made in terms of like, like the, the current thing. And so you can tell that he, um, he always has this kind of like dark satire. Uh, but then with black mirror, like it, some of it is very darkly funny. And there, there are some funny bits of what we're going to talk about here, few and far between, but you get the idea that Brooker, like he kind of, you know, he he's seeing 15 minutes ahead. And I feel like with with Serling, even though he was more optimistic, I think if something like this would have been brought to Serling, he would have been like, there's no way in hell you're going to get this broadcast, but I like where this guy is going. Yeah, most definitely. I think this is would be like right up Serling's, uh, you know, his path and like what he would always strive to do. Always something intelligent and something that's like – Really, like what you're saying is like thinking one step ahead, like thinking about what, you know, what we have right now, but where it could go in the future. And also like the human cost. I think that's a big thing that we need to remember here is that Sterling always, I mean, you know, for better, or for worse. I mean, I know that sometimes we come out and like, you know, there, there's episodes of his that we're not as big fans of <clears throat> probe seven over and out, you know, for example. Um, but like, like I made the joke and I think this is where the seed went in my mind for us talking about like getting Terry on the black mirror train was that I feel like, um, I feel like uncle Simon's kind of like a proto black mirror episode in the sense of you had, um, you know, the niece, that, you know, she thought she was going to be done with, with her uncle, but he found a way to artificially live on. And now she's trapped because of the technology. Like, you know, that maybe that episode's a little, like a little, um, a little hokey now, but it feels like something that like, especially after watching this, um, with some of the, the role reversals of who is the slave to who, um, you could see that there, there was something cooking there. And so for me to be like, we're going to talk about this. I think that made sense. Um, so I think Brooker's never forgotten like the human side of it. Uh, and I think that's why I'm drawn to black mirror a great deal is because it's always like, there's the kernel of an idea of like the tech, but it's like the, the scarier thing is what people do with it. Right. So I think that, I think that's, is very Sterling esque. Um, and also here, Terry, I want to blow your mind. You probably already know this, but I'm going to blow your mind if you don't know this. It, I didn't realize this to begin with. Do you do you know what the name Black Mirror really stands for? No, I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure where they had gotten that from. Look at your cell phone oh. with the powered off. Right, I get it. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Right, it's a it's a black mirror. All your tablets, all your screens are black mirrors. Like that is messed up and works, and it's just it's one of those things you're just like, kudos. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and you definitely see yourself in it constantly. So yeah, it, that speaks to a higher a higher thinking. And when it breaks, you freak out, you know? So, <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, so black mirror is a series, uh, not to, not to belabor the point too much. Uh, this has been talked about before on strange highways. Uh, I covered, uh, was it 15, 15,000 credits and a uh, white bear way back in the day, um, which, uh, the guy who directed this episode actually directed, directed white bear as well. White bear is just, it is. This is a sledgehammer. That's a sledgehammer. A lot of Black Mirror is, but White Bear is a personal favorite of mine. Um, so if people have not seen that, go go watch that. You don't need to watch other Black Mirror to watch this. It's just. It's almost like. Um, but I did ask Terry before we got into this. It's like I feel like he needed to kind of get his toes wet a little bit because not that this is like the the one right, but you kind of got to get the vibe of what the show is before we get into a Christmas special, 
right? I feel like that. I feel like you owe it to yourself a little bit to kind of get the temperature of the water before you just jump right in like this uh, ice cold hellscape. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I did watch an episode prior to this one, and that was a hell of a, a hell of an episode too, man. Like that, that may be for like you know something that we share on our social media, and that my uh, my brief opinion of that. I mean, just so far, I'm very impressed by Black Mirror, and I can't wait to get into more of the episode. So you you watch the episode, be right back. That is Haley Atwell and um oh what's his name uh, General Hux from Star Wars. Uh, that one's a good one. That's a good one. I, it's just it's I wanted you to I I had a couple like you know like that one and White Bear. I wanted you to kind of see the the extremes and like the character beats, right? But but whatever. Like so you you have been welcomed into Black Mirror and then you get here. So yeah. Um so a little bit about the series, like just before we get into this, uh it was originally a BBC only series and and very much like BBC series is it had a very limited um like episode count and it still does but so um black mirror actually was three series is what they call them instead of the seasons um sorry it was actually two series and then this special so series one series two had three episodes each and then there was this episode uh white christmas and then at that point netflix actually got the the property with brooker and, and toe and they ended up putting out uh series three and four with six episodes each, which was great. And then at that point, they, they released a project called Bandersnatch, which is a lot of fun. Um, David Slade directed that too, which if you, you're familiar with him, he does some cool stuff. Um, and so, and then after that, they put out three more episodes in other series. That's kind of where we're at right now. So there was only 23 episodes total. Uh, Charlie Brooker, the guy we've been talking about, has had a hand in writing or working like indirectly in terms of the story with 21 of them. Like you talk about the control of somebody like Serling with what his output was for the Twilight Zone. Brooker actually kind of has him beat in terms of percentages as of now. However, he's working in a different environment where I think talent is valued as opposed to we're going to, um, you know, ride these horses until they break, which is how I felt like a lot of the studios were treating Serling. Well, I, I think it was also mostly because I. Uh soulless uh, bastards that run the corporations like that just want product and want it out there. They want consumers. And, you know, nowadays, like you're saying, it's like it is easier to be an artist and just have a lot more freedom to do what you know is the the right thing. The, the, the you know, kind of respect the process, you know, and yeah. uh, I'm glad that they gave him this kind of freedom. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, not every single episode's a winner, but the bulk of them are. So, anyway, let's just get into this a little bit proper. Uh, after we get into like uh, cast and crew, I'm I'm going. Here's here's another Christmas gift for people. They're probably tired of me blabbing on and on and on all the time, running roughshod all over these episodes. I had seen this one previously. I wanted to get Terry's reaction to this, so I'm going to hope that he will walk us through his impression of what's going on because I really like. Um, you know, Terry and I are friends, you know, I was, it was his wedding. Um, you know, we got married together. That's not true. I mean, you know, ships passing in the night, right? Whatever. I, we had our chance. I don't know where I'm going with this, but my point <laughs> is, is that we're, we're, you know, we're close friends and I am super, super excited to hear his reaction because I, 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 I could agree. I'm sure he would agree with me that sometimes it's like you find that person, you find that thing where it's like, I'm going to sit down and shut up and you're going to tell me how you feel about it. I'm going to be like trying not to like, you know, clap my hands in glee, you know, as you have reactions. Right. I think that's fair. I, yeah, I, I, you kind of get a uh, kick out of doing that with people in general. Like, uh, that's you know, fair. Talking the, about the baby. Last, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, I like opening up the puzzle box in front of people and being like, no, 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 look, look, such delights I have for you, you know. So, uh, yeah, so let's get in. Like, the, the, the cast and crew here is a little limited in terms of, like, my own... We, we talked about this before we started recording. There, there's a lot of other people here, but there's, I, I believe there's like, you know, four or five main people in this episode, but, but yeah, we talked about Charlie Brooker. Um, uh, yeah. Where, where are we going with this? Okay. So I feel like there's like segments to this. So it's, yeah. you know, when it comes to cast, I, 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 I kind of have it broken down into segments. That's fine. But we can uh, do that too. If you prefer that's, that's perfectly fine. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So leading it off here, we got our director being, uh, Carl Tibbetts, like you had mentioned, um, one other episode, which you had mentioned as well, which was white bear. Um, and he did some hem- hemlock grove, which I still have to dive into. Yeah. Like he's done some other TV since then. Right. But I just want to point out that. So his last name is spelled, uh, two B's, two T's, right? So Carl Tibbetts, uh, I just, IMDB, you know, God bless him. Uh, alternative names, Carl Tibbetts, two B's, one T I'm like, thanks. IMDB. Man, they are really on point. I swear <laughs> <to God. laughs> Yeah, thanks. Carl, alternative names for Carl. Carl with an E. Like, what? I don't, so, whatever. Or Carl with a K. Like, great, thanks. It's Carl Tibbetts. Yeah, and that's, the directing of this episode's like really, really good too. So let's not like, you know, uh, throw the baby out the bathwater. Like, it's, 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 there's, there's a steady hand guiding all of this. Most definitely. So, um, yeah, next, uh, our writer, like you had mentioned, uh, Charlie, Charlie Brooker. Um, he, so he has done the, the majority of the episodes of black mirror. I don't really know anything that he's done, uh, outside of, uh, black mirror, but he did a documentary of, uh, called, uh, how video games change the world. That I really want to check out now. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think that he always kind of has an eye towards like, like he kind of sees through the bullshit and that's kind of the way I'd kind of view that. And like, and I don't, like, I've not did a deep dive on his stuff, but, uh, just knowing that people were taken aback, knowing that his kind of social commentary was always kind of like, you know, more with the comedic side of how news was gathered and like how TV was made. And then he comes out swinging with black mirror. Everyone's like, Whoa, like it's, it's like not the same thing, but in terms of like unexpected, like, wow, this guy has control of what he's doing. It's kind of like, um, Jordan Peele where it's like, Oh, the funny guy could come out and just like punch you in the face with some horror films that actually are socially relevant. Not saying that they're the same people, but the, the, the stark contrast of what they were known for and then what they're doing that that's, I mean, again, you know, I'm not trying to put them in the same plateaus, but you know, you get the, you get the notion that they were, they were being, people knew them for one thing and then they're like, no, 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 I can, I can do something else too. Yeah. It's not, I'm not a one trick pony. So yeah. that's, that's great that he's able to do that. And I, I mean, I, you can't, you can't help but love, to see that out of people just being able to be so multifaceted. Yeah. And with me even mentioning that Jordan Peele and forgetting that, you know, he's the producer of the host of the twilight zone. What the hell? Right. Anyway, that's a party fail on my part. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So into cast, unless you had some other notes about, nope. uh, maybe production or anything, not nothing else about, uh, about this one. So, uh, no, this was again, once we get into, um, you know, so when we get to newer content, it's harder to find things that have not been around for 60 years. So there's not like, you know, big stories behind the scenes. Yeah, and it, this is such a uh, a recent episode too. Uh, we usually do um, uh, day and date, and we don't have this this time because yeah, I, I mean I, I think everybody knows what happened back in what was it December sixteenth, twenty fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, 
That was but six years ago. Great. Right. A lot more freedom to do things than there is now, but we'll put it that way. So, <laughs> but, uh, I was really into jorts then I was really in, I don't know, that, that, that's not true. Jorts. Oh, oh, great. Bring them back. Um, <laughs> Jenko's, uh, let's yeah, get those yeah. back too. I mean, like if people couldn't, if people could see my feet, I was doing something wrong. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> in the cast, we go on that. Um, so, uh, so there's a, the framing is uh, done with two main characters here. So we got John Hamm. Uh, he plays Matt Trent. Uh, he was also in The Day the Earth Stood Still, Baby Driver, Sucker Punch. And I think the majority of people would know him from Mad Men. He was in yes. uh, Don Draper. Don goddamn Draper. You know, like he is such a amazing like actor. Like, well, like so with John Hamm, which I adore him and just like like – I, last night before I was going to bed, there, there was a video that he is in for uh, an Eels song. If people remember the Eels for they like their, their biggest hit was Nova came for the soul. They have a song out right now called, are we all right again? Where it's just John Hamm sitting in like an apartment, listening to um, that song with headphones on and drinking, you know, like uh, you know, bourbon as like, or whatever whiskey, like Don Draper would do, but he's just sitting there listening to the song and he's so into it. They didn't realize his apartment's getting robbed behind him like for three minutes. Um, the, it's, it's so great. Uh, but John Hamm, amazing. A madman. Don Draper is a transformative character, uh, but I didn't know him from that first. I knew him as Liz Lemon's like doctor boyfriend on 30 rock where he was a nice guy, but lived in this bubble of being beautiful. So he didn't understand how life worked. So I knew him as a comedic actor before I actually saw him as like, you know, Don Draper, uh, he's another one of those guys that can do a lot of things. And I, I think he's great. Yeah. And he's definitely a treat in this episode. So yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah. Uh, yeah so the next part of our framing to the episode, the other main character I alluded to is a uh, Ralphie spell or spall. Um, sure. yeah, we'll go with that. Um, he, he has the alternate so, name of uh Ralphie spall with one L. I just want to let you know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- 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 thanks again. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, uh, yeah, so he plays, Joe Joe Potter in this episode. Um, people may know him from The Big Short, which uh, that was up for a few Academy Awards, I believe, and that came out what like four years ago. Uh, and Hot Fuzz. Yeah, that's all I got from him. Like he looks very recognizable, uh, but I I like in terms of like I thought I knew him from something else, but I didn't. I just saw that he was in Hot Fuzz, which I mean I've seen Hot Fuzz, but that doesn't mean that his role stood out to me. But I, I, that that feels derogatory. That's not what I mean. But he looked like somebody. Somebody that, you know, is very familiar, but he's doing a lot of work. So, yeah. And he's good in this. He's really good in this. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, so, yeah. So, now these are the the characters that are, they're in the episode, but they're not your main focus in this. Uh, it, you, your framing is really in, in uh, Matt Trent and Joe Potter. But, so, there's like bits of stories that are being told here. So, our first story has a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rasm- Sorry. I, uh, I'm going to let you talk about this. And this is exactly what I meant to say. But I'm going to call I'm going to call the frame because this is the frame. I don't know what else to call this other than the outpost. This is this is the, the frame in which the whole thing goes through, right? Is this outpost with these guys? Right. Yeah. So, it's two guys in a cabin in the outpost, at what it looks like at least. And then they're telling stories, basically. Um, it's kind of like a like an anthology film almost, and they are the uh, the through line through all of this movie. Yeah, and so we get um, the the big thing though is with uh, with uh, Potter. Well, you say his name was Joe, right? I think that's what I wrote in my notes here later because they don't reveal their names until like later in the episode. When I, t- I was taking my notes, I was like, "But 
John Hamm, you know, like whatever. Don Draper says this, right? Uh, but Joe wakes up and he, he hears like music and he goes into like, you know, the kitchen area and John, John Hamm, sorry, um, Matt Hamm, Matt Hamm's making potatoes. So Matt Potatoes making potatoes. Um, and, and he's like, oh, it's Christmas. We're going to, you know, let's just hang out for a minute. We've been in this outpost for five years or whatever. Um, and then, so you don't really know what they're up to, but they've supposedly been like this isolation and this, like this cabin, like as, as Terry described it, but it's Christmas. And so, so Matt's just like, I'm going to make up some potatoes. We're going to hang out. We need to talk. We've never talked. And, uh, Joe is like, like he's just kind of out of sorts, but I'm also would be like, yeah, if I was stuck in some place for five years, I, I would not understand life right now. Like, oh, you're making potatoes. Great. And there's tinsel. Sure. Yeah, I, I, you can definitely tell that it's pretty bleak outside too. These guys yeah. probably stir crazy, and you know, especially when um, Matt is explaining to uh, to to Joe, like, man, I've been trying to get something out of you. I'll take anything at this point. Tell me, tell me something about yourself. And it's like, yeah. So obviously, uh, Joe is a kind of a mismatch for Matt in this a scenario. Yeah, and I like that. At one point, um, Matt's like, it's not an interrogation. And so, like, he's just trying to talk to him. And then, the way she also mentioned too, there's a certain Christmas song that's playing that uh, that uh, Joe is like, why? What? Like, just turn that off. And it was, um, you know, I wish it could be Christmas every day. You know, so like, he's like, why that? You know. And so, yeah, that's that. Basically, it's just, you know, you get the idea that like Matt's just trying to like trying to have a little bit of celebration. Like, hey, we work together. We don't know each other. Let's just actually have a talk. Um, which this feels very reminiscent now of that film, the lighthouse that just came out last year or, uh, or this year, I'm sorry, where it's just like, it's a, what was it? A twilight guy and, um, you know, green goblin hanging out in a lighthouse. And at one point they, they just sit down and talk to each other. Cause that's all they got left is to talk to each other. I really want to see that. I can't wait to finally dive into that film. It, it's interesting. It's black and white and surprisingly more farty than you think it would be. Okay, cool. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I get enough of that. In I mean, my movie, if, so. did you want Willem Dafoe to be a grizzled lighthouse keeper that farts sometimes? That's your movie. Cool. I mean, I, I, I Willem Dafoe is uh, awesome, and I, I could take, I could take that role. Like, I can honestly watch that role <laughs> if Willem Dafoe is doing it. He's an amazing yeah, actor. Yeah, <laughs> Willem Dafoe in the Fart House. That's that's the movie. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> So that's a very, like very similar idea of like the isolation. It's like, we only got us, let's just talk. And so then, so then that's where Matt, um, Matt, that kind of kicks off everything, right? Like he's like, well, fine. If you're not going to talk, let me tell you something. Right. So then that's how we get into basically our first story. Um, Matt's telling, uh, about how he was helping this guy, um, who is played by Rasmus hard, Hardiker or hard, Hardiker. Good, I, good I luck. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, he plays Harry in this segment. Um, I don't really know him from anything. He did a lot of voice work. So. Yeah, no, a lot of voice work, a lot of video game stuff. Like uh, he all, again looked very recognizable, but I couldn't place him from anything else. Yeah. So um, yeah, so he's our main character in this segment here, um, and uh, he's getting ready to go out. And uh, you can there's this very interesting um, story piece where that that Matt is able to see through uh, Harry's eyes and he's he's basically like doing almost like a tech support with him so he's yeah. on his own computer it, it's off called, site it's called the eye link is what the whole thing so he's so so Harry has this implant that everything he sees and hears 
um, Matt can watch via computer. Right. And I uh, provide support, basically co- making the play calls, um, off site. And, uh, so he's helping them um, get ready for going out for the night. And, uh, I guess he's a, a crash in a, uh, a holiday party. So he doesn't know anybody at this party. He goes in there and he, you can tell he's out of sorts. He, he immediately walks through the door and he's like, just awkwardly just accidentally talks to Matt <laughs> in front of some chick. And he's obviously like a creeper at this point. Now. <laughs> he's already been shunned by one chick. So, yeah. So, I mean, the whole thing is like, it's a business party, right? It's an office party and that's the goal, right? Cause like Matt's telling him like, this is, this is your target rich environment. These people are all around all these employees all year long. They don't want to be there. Like you, you, this is your chance. This is your low hanging fruit. And so, um, so that at this point, as Harry's kind of wandering around, like, and Harry's also like, he's this, he's, a, he's a, like a little bit more of like a, sh- like smaller frame guy. You said awkward. Yeah. Like, so he, you know, he's trying to project confidence, but that's just not his game. But you know, you got, you got Don Draper speaking to your ear. You're going to have a game that's you know, eventually. Right. So, uh, he ends up like seeing, um, two girls talking one, one's a blonde lady and the other one's a brunette and he, and, and I'll give, let's talk about Matt as a character. Like he is, he's a people reader. Like that's his, he can, can kind of size up people pretty quickly. Um, whether, whether he's right or wrong, he thinks he knows, like he, he thinks he knows what they're about and can kind of, kind of size them up. And that's, and I think you couldn't pick somebody better to portray this than John Hamm. Oh, he's definitely got like a, a confidence, especially for this type of character. Uh, if he's going to be holding Harry's hand throughout this entire like scenario, uh, he's doing it with confidence. He's doing a hell of a job too. So I mean, he's got he's even got the layout of the place. Like he's able to pull that up quickly as he's engaging with these. Uh, well, Harry's engaging with the, this uh, this group of uh, people. He's able to pull up information about them. Yeah. It's it's really wild. He, he's like the guy in the chair uh, in the Spider-Man movies, wherever Peter Parker's out there, and his buddy, uh, you know, is like hanging out in like the you know the college, not college, like the high school computer lab, helping him. Like you know, <laughs> he's the guy in the chair. He's like, I got the layout. Like he's like he's like Tom Cruise's Texas tech support in Mission Impossible. Yeah, or uh, his Oracle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he is Jeeves. He's being asked all the time. So. Um, and we even see here whenever, um, whenever Harry is, uh, like trying to size up these people, like there's a dude that questions him because he barges into a conversation to tell the story. And the one dude is like, you know, trying to, I mean, in effect cock block Harry saying, well, where do I know you? And, 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 and Matt in real time is able to bring up this guy's like social media feeds and basically like have Harry recite things that this guy's done. Uh, and so this guy, like, there's the, there's a telling moment too. Whenever Matt's like, he's going to pretend he knows you, he doesn't, but he's going to act like he does because basically you've called him out on something. Right. Right now, Matt is like the, the, the wingman that everybody's always wanted. Yeah. Swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Like what was he? They said you're wearing a pork pie hat. What he called him? What did he? What he called the hat before? A poor was it? poor man's hat a or poor something. Man's hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty he's like you're wearing a poor man's hat he's like what like a pork pie hat like yeah there you go so anyway uh, so the whole thing is he's interested in the burnett uh and so matt tells him to focus on the blonde and he said i, I wrote this down uh, uh he says to harry people don't want to be shut out or, or people don't want to be seen 
to be seen invisible. Like they don't want to be shut out and be treated invisible. That will pay off horribly later. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he's interested in the brunette who is uh, disconnected. She's not talking whatsoever. Um, and Harry's able to chat it up pretty decently with the, the blonde chick that he first, uh, uh, encounters. Um, and he notices that the, the brunette like takes off and she just goes somewhere else. And of course, Harry's more interested in her. So he goes to track her down and eventually does find her again. Yeah. And so like the whole thing there is like, uh, um, while this is talking, uh, while, while this is happening, I'm sorry, they cut back to the outpost and, uh, and what was it? Um, Joe, I just, I just want to mention this cause it's, it's a character beat or a, a thing of thing. He's like, he sees a clock in the distance, like behind, um, Matt, that it's like this clock with like these birds on it. He's like, where did that clock come from? He's like, and Matt's like, you haven't seen that in like five years. Come on. Anyway. So then as like, they're going forward, uh, all the social like media, like anchoring and triggering that, um, that Matt's able to find like sussing out being real time tech support, uh, the brunette, her profile is private and, uh, he can't find anything out about her. Yeah. And at this point too, now we also find out that there is like a group chatting going on. It's, um, it's a zoom meeting. <laughs> yeah, it's, Essentially it's like a zoom meeting and they're all, um, watching, um, it's all bros. Harry's. It's all bros, right? It's all, uh, people that are all, uh, we find out that they're, um, the peanut gallery for Harry to score, because it's a group that they all are provided. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like um, a meeting of the minds for shitty dudes. Right. It kind of reminded me of um, what's that show where they impractical jokers. <laughs> yeah. This is impractical uh, date rapers. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it is kind of uncomfortable, especially when you find out that this group is watching the interactions of Harry as well. And it, and it, and of course, sees him taking a leak in the bathroom too. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. Cause, yeah, yeah, because the group you you eventually find out, and this is like you know putting the cart before the horse, I guess that like Harry's part of this group too. So he was part of the. Um, it's like one versus one hundred, right? <laughs> I guess maybe that's the way to say it. They're all like like chiming in, but they're watching the experiences of each other when they're all out on dates. So I don't know, man. Like. Um, we talk about 15 minutes, 15 minutes in the future. Um, this feels like this is a thing that's happening right now. I just can't prove it. Nope. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it does seem that way at least. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Harry, even with this little bit of support that he's getting from Matt, uh, when he finally catches up with uh, this chick who we find out her name is uh, Jennifer and Jennifer is played by Natalia Tenna. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, she's in, uh, uh, three Harry Potter films and, uh, the game of Thrones. So yeah, 60 episodes of, uh, game of Thrones is Osha. I think I tell you her name, but she, she made sure all the, like the people working was okay. That's not true. And then she was also a Terry, if you, if you've been caught up on your Mandalorian, at least through season one, she unfortunately was that really annoying Twi'lek and, uh, the episode called the prisoner. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I know what episode you're talking about where, uh, um, Tur and Bill they, Burr, and they're like, and then the Mandalorian's going on to that uh, New Republic prison ship. Right. Yeah, I do remember that episode. Uh, I, I, I guess I couldn't remember her from that at all because I love Mandalorian. And I, I've never seen this chick before. Uh, sa- sad story as it is, I have not watched any Game of Thrones. So, eh, uh, sorry. I mean, 
There's good bits. I'll just say but, that there's good bits. Yeah, I'll get to it eventually. But uh, so yeah, so um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a I have a really bad spoiler for you later when we get to, like when we get to the second story. I apologize. Let's we'll go forward. Okay, so yeah, we we see Harry is finally caught up with uh, Jennifer, and uh, you know they kind of are segregated off now to their to the side and away from the crowd and, and able to talk a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, Harry, if if he did not have Matt helping him out, this dude would crash and burn so hard. He has no game whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, like even taking direction from uh, from Matt, like he's still like goofing it. Yeah, it's like he 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 wants he wants so bad to make things work, but then it's like at one point she's talking about like she's like yeah she's like I used to be on drugs. He's like yeah, me too. What like he's like he's just he like his um his impulses are like off, right? So this is why he believes he needs this eye link. This is why he believes he believes he needs like you know the bro squad or whatever, uh, you know the incel intel. That's the word we're going to use. They're the incel intel. That's what we're going to call these guys from here on out. That you guys can the copyright that market. Coin it. Coin it. Yep. I feel like that's. I feel like that's. It's really what it is, right? I, that has to be what it is, uh, especially the way they're all treating her. Like in terms of like how these guys are talking about Harry's potential for her, they're viewing her as a objective, not a person. No, that's a very that's a very good way to look at it. I mean that it's just a number to them, really. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like they go awkwardly through this conversation and finally hit. On, I guess, from what it sounds like, um, so uh, um, like social interaction and the difficulty they have with it. So it's like they're being awkward with each other, talking about being awkward around other people. So that's fun. That's something to connect with people. Well, yeah, because she said this is like her last Christmas party, and that she's waiting. She wants to like commit to another change. And then there's the bit where Harry actually goes off script, right? And there's a whole thing of him being like, "Yeah, you know, it's just the transition. You want to." You know, you just want to jump in the pool. You know, it's going to be cold and you know, it's going to suck for like a second, but the transition and she's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. And like, he actually, it's the one thing that he actually does. That's like, not like on book that Matt's like giving him. So like Harry's actually being genuine for a half second and she's about it. Right. And then, um, she wanders away for a second and like the, the whole thing is like, you know, like he and then all the, the all the guys like you know the the peanut gallery the incel intel are like you know they're eating this up and it's like and he's and Harry's like I don't like you know he's not sure how it's going to go but he's like I kind of like this girl and you could tell like Matt is almost like he's standing back if like if, if Matt could be the gif of Robert Redford from um you know um Jeremiah Johnson where he's just nodding that's where he's at right now he's like good job son. Yeah, no, true. Uh, he's he's taken uh, he's taken initiative uh, on his own when uh, Matt really couldn't help him, and yeah. it's kind of paying off. So maybe he does have a little bit of game. Yeah. Um, but you know, in this moment, uh, I guess we failed to mention that the way that he has to interact with Matt, he actually has to be verbal with him. He has to talk out loud for Matt to understand him. There's no like sixth sense where uh, Matt's under- understanding his thoughts. He has to be talking to yeah, him. It's, it's, it's the Sam, it's the Sam Beckett and the owl thing from, uh, from quantum leap. <laughs> like he has to talk out loud to, for people to, to like for him to actually speak to, you know, those watching, right? Like he can't just think it, you know? So, you know, and, 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 um, I now need John Hamm as owl in a reboot of uh, quantum leap. 
that could work, man. I actually I could see that working out well. Uh, would could we still still have Scott Bakula though? Yeah, well, okay. If I had my druthers, if they're going to do a reboot of the series, Scott Bakula would take the owl role, and then they put in like a younger, different person that's not just like a white guy that in the the, the leaper role. Like, how would you feel about like you know a um a person of a mixed race that's a female jumping through you know all the shit that's happened in the 20th century? I think that'd be an interesting show. Yeah, uh, let's get on it, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? There you go. Market. I got two great ideas so far. Bam. Like, money is just going to roll in, dude. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway, but, so. But, uh, so, yeah. So, we, in this moment where um, Harry is uh, talking to Matt, uh, we see Jennifer come back into the room, but Harry hasn't noticed her yet. So, she's witnessing him talking to himself, essentially. So that you would think maybe might give her the heebie-jeebies and she might walk away, but no, no, that she takes note and like wants to go back home with, yeah. with Harry. Cause Harry at one point is like, he says to her, it's like, you got like 10 voices in your head telling you what to do. It's like, just go for it. And then she comes back and see him. Like he's literally talking to like nine other voices in his head, like technically speaking. This is true. Yeah. There, there is a, there are nine people watching him. So yeah, yeah. one is, one's off in the bathroom still. So, <laughs> right. So, so yeah, so she's very aggressive and, uh, everybody thinks like, you know, for a guy for his first time at bat, um, he's going to get a, in the park home run, you know? Right. Yeah. He, it's a, he's known this chick for like 17 minutes or whatever the hell it is. Like, yeah. it's like, you get like the one guy said, I, this is happening right now. Like, I need this to happen because I want the <laughs> season finale in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, they go back to her place and then, uh, I'm, I'm going to be quiet now because, uh, like I need you to walk me through and everybody else. And I, I mean, I guess I should say this by now. If you, if you guys have not seen this episode of black mirror, which is easily available on Netflix, like do not like, if you've not watched it, stop right now and watch it because uh like we've not ruined anything yet we're about to ruin a lot of things and it's one of these things that the journey is best taken unknown and this is definitely one of those uh those kinds of episodes or you know like a kind of um storyline that if we spoil it it is spoiled man you really have to be witnessing this one uh this is this is good this is good uh writing here so it's a, yeah, yeah if you've not seen it please Go ahead and listen or listen to us right now. Watch it. Watch this episode. Yeah. So, all right. So let me, let me, let me give people a, um, here, here's one of these. How about this? Both of them. Sober, reliable, the best men. So everybody, after you hear how we're sober and reliable right now, now you go watch the episode and then come back to us. <laughs> and then watch us just crash this. Uh, yeah. I mean, right I'm not sober or reliable, but <laughs> please continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so now um, we're back at Jennifer's place, and uh, she tells uh, she tells Harry, like, go to the bedroom, like, get in there. I'll go get the drinks. So, uh, so he's he's sweating it a little bit. Uh, Matt, he's trying to talk to Matt, get some like coaching a little bit. He's like, dude, you made it here. He's like, you're good, man. Like, uh, you know, almost like uh, do the 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 handshaking now because you won this game. Um, but uh, yeah, so she comes in with the drinks now, and. She tells him, like, well, you're supposed to be laying on the bed. Like, that's where you're supposed to be right now. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this is on. 
And uh, so she, she sits him down on the bed, sits on top of him, and starts to feed him this drink. But as she's feeding him this drink, talks about the voices in her head and like how she's going through some like some dark shit man like it's just there's some something little like different about this girl like it's taking a very bleak turn right now and um as everybody's watching and they're listening to all of this they're like dude he's got to get out of there this is no good and we find out that it's too late he all of a sudden starts coughing violently and starts to cough up blood. Whatever he's drinking is poisoned. Yep. And so her, the, the her jumping off was, uh, like, a, you know, a suicide pact, like in that she felt, she felt that him talking to voices in his head was valid, uh, validation, uh, for her where, um, she says something like, um, like, uh, people aren't real or whatever. Like the whole thing is like, he found the wrong person. Like that night, you know, she confused his eye link with schizophrenia, right? Or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, Harry's, uh, coughing up blood and, uh, she is doing the drink too. She's doing the do. And, um, Matt and the incel Intel are witnesses to a murder. Yeah. This is Jim Jones right here. Like yeah. on, on top of her, his lap. And, uh, the, the drink is like, working quick because he is falling to the bed he's coughing up the blood he can't move now and of course he doesn't want to drink the 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 poison anymore so she grabs a funnel and you see this you see this from the um the first person view of her sticking the funnel in his mouth and pouring the drink down his throat it is it's unsettling to say the least this is a very tough watch. I was like, oh my God, but I'm watching this scene. It's, it's so wild. Yeah. And, 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 and then, um, the rest of the episode plays after that. So how do you, <laughs> I had to check the runtime at this point. I was yeah. like, dude, it got this dark this quickly. I was like, how is this show not over yet? I mean, I feel like the, the mic drop. You know? Yeah, it was like a third of the way through. So I just want to point out that like he realizes this wasn't Kool Aid, but it was like flavor aid, and no one wants that shit. No, I mean not enough sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what did it. It's not enough sugar. So, so then um, th- there's a bit though, wherever like so there's a bit of an unreliable narrator. Whenever um, uh, Matt like he's talking about like you know what happened, and then uh, Joe is like, oh, so did you watch? He's like, no. I didn't watch all that. And then we cut back to what really happened, which is he watched that. And you know, the, the, the peanut gallery is like, Oh shit. And he's like, yep. Burn everything. We're out. Like, you know, and, and there's a bit there where, uh, he's trying to, you know, get his like, you know, physical, like hard drives and shit out of his house. And this is what we learned. It's like, Oh, he's married and he is a father. And that makes it worse. Like not that, not that this is bad. Cause it's bad but he keeps stepping on kids toys and he's waking up his child and his wife was like, what are you, what are you doing? And he drops his like hard drives and like physical media. And it's like, you, you, you get like John Hamm is really good. Like I just uh, being confident. And then the, the moment when like, um, like it, it feels like that magic trick where you go to pull the sheet out from under like all the silverware and like the China, but you mess it up. That's look like his face is whatever. That's not a clean pull and everything's broken the way he's looking at his wife. I was just so surprised uh, to see this at this point too. Cause 
Um, you know, you figure maybe he has like an apartment, whatever. He's in a studio uh, alone. There's no talk of him having a family. So it's like the, the plot just keeps on getting thicker for Harry's story storyline as well. And then when his wife comes out of the bedroom, she knows he's hiding something. There's something shit. Like he's got that like uh, that look on his face like. Yeah, I was in the garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like your dog, you catch, catch your dog in the garbage can. It, just, it would have been it would have been a masterstroke if it would have been January Jones that would have played his wife because he played uh, she played his wife on Mad Men. That would have been amazing to me if it had been like Don. Like, no, it was just an like It was just for shits and gigs, you know. Whatever. Anyway, so then uh, we find out at this point there there's a a very big bit here where you find out that like in this like 15 minute future that people could take like this nub like this thing they can put in their hands and they can like scroll over how they interact with people. And we find out that like, she's pissed. His wife is pissed at him and then blocks him. Describe what blocking is. Uh, the, the best way to really paint the picture here is somebody turns completely static. You can't see their face anymore. Um, no features whatsoever. And do you, they're uh, it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher on the phone, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of wah wahs and the outline is, you're right. It's gray. It's gray television static. It's very interesting. Like I was very surprised at this point that it had gotten to this, uh, this so quickly. And like uh, this is such a cool feature feature. And again, you know, there's like this, um, uh, this, uh, weird timelining where it's like, you know, it's futuristic, but, it's not like people are in spacesuits or anything like that. So it's still grounded in like a normal reality. Yeah. But it's like, it's taking like social media slash interaction to the next level. And we're not far from that. Right. So the whole thing with being blocked is that the user blocking the other is that they can't hear what they're saying. Um, they physically can't see them. And then like they can choose when to turn off the block. And I, I will say that it's also very telling in this episode when Matt says to Joe, he's like, have you ever been blocked before? And it's like, there's a foundation being laid and, and I'm, I'm tipping the hand of this whole thing, but just, I just want to, I just like as much as like you and I go over the moon about like, um, Serling and Matheson and Beaumont, like Brooker is just giving you this breadcrumb of everything going on. And it's like, God damn, this is in our face the entire time and we're not picking it up. There's definitely some uh, little bits of knowledge that if you are not paying attention to this, you have to give this to undivided attention. Yeah. If you are not paying attention, you will get those little like treats that you when especially when you watch it the second time, you're like, ah, like we knew what was going on. Yeah. In some fashion. And then at this point, even in the outpost, uh, uh, Matt calls uh, Joe a locked box. Like, I just want to point out that bit of dialogue. So then, so then um, he's like, it, that's when Joe is like, oh, so that's what you did. He's like, and he, like, so Matt was like, yeah, because my wife was mad and, and you know, I couldn't, you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm here now and, um, you know. I don't know, Northern Wisconsin, wherever the hell they are. Like the, the, the cheese state. I feel like, I feel like wherever they're at, it's probably Wisconsin. <laughs> like I, don't, I have nothing to base that on or Minnesota. I don't know. Um, they're, they're at Lambeau field. They're right? at Lambeau field. They're, they're five feet away from Lambeau field. It's like, it is, <laughs> it is just tundra, right? That's all. It's all it is. Like they're the most Northern outpost is just like you, like they look out the other window and they see Lambeau field, <laughs> but so then at this point, like, um, that's whenever Matt's like, Oh no, that wasn't my day job. You can't guess my day job. And so that's when we get into the second story, 
um, which is another like wonderful kind of one-off, but also like another breadcrumb trail. Yeah. And uh, before we glaze over it real quick, there is like another hue here um, to kind of like foreshadow what may be going on. Um, we hear a very loud sound that only Joe apparently hears um, yeah. and Matt does not hear it, but I, without I, saying what it yeah, is. I, like, yeah, you're fair enough, but I, I pretty sure Matt can hear it, but whatever. I, I have my suspicions. Right. So, yeah. So we go into our next story, um, which is what, what Matt does for a, a typical day. Like this is his job. And so we see um, our next character here, uh, Ona, uh, Cha- uh, Chaplin. Yeah. Ona Chaplin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She plays Greta in this part of the story. And she was in game of Thrones as well. And she's going to be in like every new avatar film. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I was funny. I looked that up. Uh, yeah. She's the next four avatar films. Uh, Una Chaplin is actually the granddaughter of Charlie Chaplin. So there you go. Mind blown. Um, she played a uh, Talicia Stark in game of Thrones. Uh, uh, so since Terry's not seen game of Thrones and for people that have, uh, the less you know, the better. Um, she becomes a Stark later. And if you look at her episode uh, link, didn't make it to the end. Okay. Just throw that out <laughs> there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks. Uh, no, it's but, just, uh, I mean, come on. Come on, Terry. If I was the spoiler was uh, not everybody made it out of Game of Thrones, I think you'd be like, okay, no shit. You know, like, I think, I think you know that much about uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's kind of the ongoing joke because it's so it's so dead on, uh, pun intended. Yeah, no, so. she she reminds me. Her face reminds me a lot of oh, what's her name? Um, oh, she I mean, gorgeous, right? Gorg, gorgeous person. She reminded me a lot of. Um, there was that um, Romeo and Juliet from the '60s, um, and there was the girl that was in that that was in uh, Black Christmas. Uh, what's the, the original Black Christmas? Um, do you know what I'm talking about the one that was, I know of who you're talking about? Yeah, was she wasn't she in uh, it as well? Uh, uh, the, as, the original um, TV miniseries. Yeah, I think she plays the wife of um, uh, Olivia Hussey. She reminds me a lot of Olivia Hussey. That's that's like maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't think they're that far off from each other in terms of the way they look. So yeah. So uh, yeah, so we get uh, we get into uh, this segment, which is we see Greta. She's uh, she's doing. Uh, um, like some post-surgery prep. Um, she's, you know, sitting in a white room, sitting around. Um, she has a, like an orderly come in. She's, she brings some toast, which this is a cue for later. Um, the toast spills are done. So she, of course, says, well, it's uh, not to my likings and sends it away. Well, no, but the whole thing is there's a mental conversation, like debate about like, should I mention this? Right, yeah. It, uh, there's a lot of internal dialogue that we get here um, from Greta's point. Because that's the through line through the beginning of this segment, yeah. It's like right. you get this so, mental dialogue about her debating about should she say something, yeah. Right, and so, so yeah, she sends away the, the toast, and um, so she is ready for surgery, and uh, we hear her internal dialogue again, but we see, like, that she's not awake, and you can hear that the surgeons are working on her, but she's aware of what's going on and she's freaking out. She's like, I can hear things. Like, I can, I can kind of see something. And then all of a sudden you see her body, the, like we see the, the view of her being pulled out of her own body. We don't get what's going on yet, but um, they take her, like whatever they just pulled out of her, her consciousness basically. And they put it in this little egg thing 
and that's her consciousness now like that was pulled out of the body yeah so that, that that's the whole thing so i i'm, I'm gonna call the story to smart intelligence aka the cookie this is what i'm gonna call this uh second second story here uh, so yeah, so we get like, we get this dialogue from Greta this entire time and then, um, it's black. Like when she, like when you get this whole thing of like things being drilled, like, like you see like the brain kind of like it's the beginning of fight club, but whatever they pull the thing out and then, then like, you know, she sees herself and then there's this blackness and then she hears a voice and it's John ham. It's Matt, you know, being like, you know, have a drink to sit down. Welcome to Sterling Cooper Draper price, whatever. Anyway. Um, and so we find out that his day job is, uh, when people want to utilize the service, AKA the cookie, they subjugate themselves to a process in which they have, uh, an item put in their head that gets pulled out and put into a, an egg or a cookie, right? So we get Greta from Greta's perspective that she does, she is not able to separate herself from her real self. And there's this big moment of panic where she's like, I, I don't want that to be here. And, um, Matt's like, well, sucks to be you. Right. He's, he's supposed to help her in this transition and make her understand what her new job is. Yeah. And, uh, of course she's not having it and she <laughs> freaks out and she just starts screaming. And I love, I love this moment. Yeah. I like that. He was like, Hey, you remember what kind of toast you like? Just think about it. <laughs> And he puts bread in the toaster and she's like, what? And like, and like he, he's like, also he's like, we feel like it'd be better. Cause at this point he's like, oh, you want a body? Like it feels better when, when, when our, whatever, however he says it, it's like whenever the consciousness has a body. And so he like, you suddenly, she goes from pure black to a body and she's looking at herself and she sees like this big screen, you know, and the, and the John Hamm face, which I also kind of feel like it's a vision of heaven. That's just me. Um, you know, and he's like, just think about toast. Like, how do you want it? You know? And then she realizes that like, there's this beginning of this, this is, um, uh, whatever I call it, this disconnect of like, things aren't right. I'm me, but I'm, I'm, I'm not in control. And you're right. She's not happy about it. Rightfully so. Because how the hell would you deal with somebody explaining to you? Like, yeah, you're not in your body anymore. You're just code. Uh, <laughs> you're a copy like this thing was set in, in um, Greta's head for like, what was it like a week or two and then pulled out to kind of like get as much information as possible about her day to day and how she felt about things. And now we're going to put you in this cookie. And now your whole thing is that you're going to take care of the day to day mundane tasks. And then like, and you're talking about the fair moment, the, the, the toast comes out. Right. But, um, Greta, sorry, how do you want to cry, describe it? Cookie Greta is freaking out, rightfully so. And Matt has uh, Matt uh, has some uh, solutions for her. Yeah, it, you know, he as she's freaking out and he's screaming everything. I love that he uh, he puts her on mute. He's able to mute her through his uh, little board, his little tablet, and uh, she, of course, doesn't know how to deal with that either. Um, and so, you know. But just in trying to make her comfortable with the idea, she's just she won't she won't focus on like what the idea is. And she would she doesn't want to do the job that he's telling her that that's her new her new job. So he's like, all right, well, I'll give you uh, what is it like 180 days or something like that. 
oh no, three weeks. He gives her three weeks to do nothing. <laughs> and like, let's see you deal with that. And he's able to put it on fast forward. So he's eating the toast <laughs> while she's experiencing three weeks of isolation with nothing to do. I mean, it's funny, but it's not like in the sense of like, you just see John Hamm just enjoying toast while you see like, basically he's advancing her timeline. Like she's the Sims, like just bloop, like with like a tablet moving her forward three weeks. I also want to point out that like Greta as a character, we first see her in like, you know, in the cookie, she's like, you know, put together her hair is like nice and kempt in three weeks. Like she's a little haggard. And then whenever he talks to her again, he's like, Oh, you know, this bread, this, this toast is pretty good, you know? And then, um, she still won't comply. So he's like, okay, how about six months? Locks her down for six months. Goes by in a matter of seconds. When we see her, like she has been like, like road hard and put away wet. She is just destroyed. Rightfully so. Her shirt's all ripped. And, and she was like under the desk thing that the console. Yeah. the, the, the one thing that we have to remember, too, is apparently this the cookie girl, the cookie girl that she is, she can't sleep. There's nothing to do and she can't sleep. So it's she's experiencing all six months. Yes. Of, of nothing, of nothing. It is worse than solitary confinement. It is literally nothing. Um, and this is like, I, I want to I, I, we watch this. and I want to believe that like Pixar is like, hey, what if we turn this into a film called Inside Out? Bam. Yeah, that's, probably, that, that's a, a pretty good uh, comparison, really, because if, if you like that, you'll understand what this is about, like what we're trying to explain to you. It's kind of difficult, I think, to really yeah. understand. Well, because the whole thing, too, is when she has that console, it's just like, well, what button do I press? And he's like, it doesn't matter. It's more of like like the like the thought of the action to do it. Right. So then he's like, are you ready to work? And she's like, give me something to do. And so she you know, starts doing her thing. But then I just want to point out, we didn't talk about this earlier. Um, the actual Greta wakes up and goes downstairs to grab, you know, almond milk or whatever. And, uh, she's talking to Matt for a second. And then like Matt sees her as like, you know, cause, cause he's a shark. He is just a piece of shit predator. He's like, Oh, let me tell you the story about a horse. I, a guy riding a horse outside. I saw, which is verbatim to a predetermined story that he had Harry tell in the previous like thing with him being a wingman. So it just shows that he, just he knows how to lock in and try to exploit. Right. And I, I, I think he was definitely laying some uh, laying it on her to get some. Uh, <laughs> I'd like he like it starts telling her this story while she's like bent over uh, putting something in the oven yeah. or something like that. <laughs> he wanted he wanted to Oda the chaplain. We just we could just say that. So anyway, um, so then, yeah, but like she, like the, the cookie version of her. Uh, you know, like she now has a job and she goes through and in the morning she starts the smart blinds and the, the thermostat and plays the right music and takes care of Greta's um, like appointments and Greta in the real world doesn't, you don't, you get the idea that she doesn't realize the sacrifice that she's made kind of to herself to have the ease of automation. Right. I, that's kind of, that's kind of like the, if we could see behind the curtain, the guy who controls everything, this, that's what this is. Like now real Greta has somebody just automating her entire life. And that, that must be a hell of a thing if you're real Greta. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think about it, it's like, oh, there's a part of me that's now in this little like device that's, that is that is also me that all they do is make sure they take care of me. That's messed up. So I want to point out like real quick here. 
So, uh, again, this episode, uh, original air date was December 16th, 2014. Um, Amazon Alexa debuted in November of 2014, so that was slightly before this aired. Google Home debuted in November 2016. We have a number of Google like voice-activated devices around us in our house uh, with my wife and I. Um, I don't. I do not believe for a second there's a little person that are like being upset, but it's still kind of creepy to think about. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the end of uh, Greta's storyline here. So we know now that uh, Matt has uh, like he's basically the uh, the control guy, the guy who uh, puts people in their position and like it gives them uh, the ease of transferring over to that new position. So. Um, but yeah, we're back in the cabin again, or the outpost, whatever we want to call it. And, uh, Joe is not all too happy about this story. He thinks that Matt's kind of a, a dirt bag and, um, it, that, that whatever that company is, they're doing wrong by people. Cause she felt, he feels sympathy. He feels, um, you know, disappointment that the company would do that to Greta. Yeah. He's like, you don't understand. She's just code. Like any normal person who would be hearing the story would think, well who gives the crap like it's just code it's not a real person yeah and then so at this point that's whenever um like matt starts to kind of like feel around the edges of joe a little bit and um you know he's like I, you know, he's like oh you do have a conscious like you were you're, you know it's like you're a good man i put this in my quotes a good man who's done bad things and so then this is when um joe's been pushed and he starts to tell his story yeah, so uh, finally we get into Joe's uh, background, and uh, we see Joe and uh, his girlfriend, Beth. So Beth is played by, I have to go back and here into my notes, and Beth is played by uh, Janet uh, Montgomery. Uh, she was in Black Swan and a bunch of episodes of Salem. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Sorry, I did, and, not do, I did not actually do research for her. I apologize. I should, I should have because she's important to the story, but I did not. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we see uh, Joe and, and Beth, and uh, I guess this relationship's a little uh, not not the best for her, for what her father thinks. Uh, uh, Beth's father does not like Joe. He thinks that uh, he's not good enough for her and that, but she's willing to press on. So you could see um, they have a pretty decent relationship. They go out to ka- uh, karaoke with a friend of um, their friend Tim, and Joe's up on stage and he's hamming it up, play, uh, singing terribly. And um, while uh, Beth looks on, and then it's her turn, and she just looks really, you know, like disappointed or like there's something on her mind for sure. So you know that that's kind of like a tipping so point a, here. An Easter egg I'm going to throw out there is that the song that she sings, I cannot recall the title of the life of me right now, that song shows up multiple times in Black Mirror like over and over and over again. It's everyone's like, Oh, are all these stories connected? I'm like, I don't know. I think Charlie, Charlie Brooker has this problems with the song. So, um, it shows up in the second episode, the, the 15,000 credits, it shows up in like some other ones. So whenever she sings the karaoke, I'm like, uh Oh, something bad's going to happen because this song again. Yeah. This song is, uh, anyone who knows what love is will understand. Yep. It shows up a lot. It's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a fun calling card. It's just that, like, you get to some of the later episodes, you're like, 
Christ, this song again? Like, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, can we just get something else? But it, it shows up a lot. And uh, so, yeah, so they, uh, we get past the scene. Um, um, but uh, Joe is a drunken mess, and uh, they, he has to be carried out of the bar. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of those guys where he's like, I'm good, I'm good, don't touch me, I'm good, I'm good. It's like, just calm down. He's like, don't touch me, you know, like one of those guys. Yeah, so, and then in the next scene, um, just a little bit in the future, uh, there is a, like a dinner party that um, Joe and, and Beth have had, are having. They have Tim and his girlfriend over. And it's, uh, again, Beth seems out of it. She doesn't seem like she's a part of the conversation at all. And Joe brings uh, brings it up later after uh, Tim and his girlfriend leave. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, just I'm out of it, whatever. And then she goes to bed early. So in, in that moment, uh, Joe decides to clean up the house. And as he's trying to take out the garbage, the, the bag rips. And all of a sudden, he finds... Um, a pregnancy test that uh, is positive. So uh, Beth is pregnant. And so he goes into the bedroom and confronts her about it. He's, he's, he's happy. He's elated in the fact that she's, uh, she's going to be having a baby. And it's like, he, it's like his whole future is being planned out right in this scene. And Beth is like having none of it. She is not, she's not happy about having the baby. She has already decided that she is not going to have the baby and doesn't care what Joe has to say about it. Yeah, even he was like, he's like, listen, he's like, I know I'm, I'm a bit of a, like a screw up, but I can pull it together. And she's like, nope. And he was like, you drank two bottles of wine tonight. Like meaning like he it occurs to him. It's like you, you knew this and you're doing this now. And she's like, yeah, I don't want it. He's like, don't I have a say. And yeah, it, it just, it, it is a raw, ugly, just you, you want to look away because this is the collision course of a relationship that probably wasn't going to make it. And it hurts to watch. Definitely. And, uh, credit to Charlie Brooker for tearing you down a little bit more in this episode. Like, man, like he really knows how to like run over somebody's of, uh, somebody's emotions and how they may be feeling about this episode. Some, someone, someone hurt Charlie Brooker at one point. We don't know to what extent, but yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So they continue this argument. Of course, uh, she's not changing her mind at all, but she's had definitely enough of Joe. So she blocks him and doesn't take it off. And he's throwing things and he's just, he wants to at least have some kind of say here, have some kind of dialogue with Beth. And I mean, he's just got, he just got uh, shunned. So he sleeps on the couch. But in the morning, we see that uh, Beth sneaks out as quickly as she can. And, you know, he chases down a car. She's still blocking him. She doesn't care. She's done. Beth is done. Yeah. And so there's a the whole thing, too, about like, well, when people are blocked, maybe they'll drop it eventually. And because that's what Matt said earlier. He's like, oh, my wife was mad at me. And like, you know, they, like people take like a day or so, whatever. So Joe's talking about that, too. So then the thing with Joe, though, is that like Bethany leaves him blocked. So like he can't uh, he can't do anything. Like, and you find out even later, like when he looks at photos of them together, like any any physical evidence of the person with the setup with the, whatever these implants are in people's heads gets like, like just grayed out. Like you can't look at them. So then, right. yeah, go ahead. I was just like, it, Beth made the, uh, the, the very, uh, firm decision to 
flip that switch to block him and then break it off. Like the dude is just, he's broken now. Like he is broken as a, uh, as a person because like literally the life that he had had before is, it's gone. Like it's, it's cut out of every a picture. It's cut out of like, um, you know, the ability to talk to her that the, there is no Beth anymore. Like every time he hears the Nickelback song photograph, he just balls his eyes out. Uh, amongst a lot of other people too. <laughs> I mean, like in general, yes, but I'm just saying, he's like, look at this photograph. He's like, I can't, I can't also Nickelback, you know, which we realize <laughs> that's like, you know, a bigger threat than uh, anything in black mirror. No, um, no, but just, can we just talk about blocking as like a thing right now that it's like, um, you know, people will ghost and people will block and people will like mute others, right? Social media, right? But it's like the notion that they, you physically can't interact. Like if you have to, like, let's just say, let's, let's say for, uh, let's say there was a messy divorce, right? And like, you know, one of the spouses is like upset at the other and it's a custody battle. It's like, how, how is that? Like, there's so much implications there that it's like, it is like, it is way more powerful. And like the older that I get, the, this is the stuff that terrifies me the most is like the, the ability, sorry, the inability to be heard. And like you watch this, like it's a sci-fi thing. It's like, are we that far out from this? Like this is messed up. Yeah. I, I, I feel so bad for uh, Joe, especially in the fact that it's like, he knows Beth is going to be having his kid. So it's like, he can't like, just see even the idea of seeing her face anymore is gone. Like it's, it, I don't know. Like it's, it's such a difficult emotion to wrap myself around or wrap my head around. And I feel so sympathetic for Joe's character at this point. I can see why he really doesn't care about conversation when it comes to talking to Matt in this cabin now. Well, that's so, fair. But like, but the, here, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out here. This is just a, what if, and what if this was a thing in the world? And like, there's that random day where you're like scrolling through your social media or like, a, like, um, you know, um, I don't know. Let's just say a photo book, a photo album. That's the word I'm looking for. And then you're like, Holy shit. This person blocked me with like, you didn't even know why like this, this is, this is a clear cut. Like she's upset, whatever. Right. And then we're gonna get to more of this later, but it's like, how messed up would that be? Where it's like, like, did I, did I, like, you won't even be able to know what you did to, get blocked. And then the, the same power would be in your hands to be like, I'm done with this person. Like, I feel like if, 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 um, right now, as we, as a society had this ability, um, we wouldn't be able to see anybody. It's true, man. Like people just go like right off the handle and just get pissy at people and then just turn their back on people. I mean, I've, I've seen this happen to myself. I've seen it happen to plenty of other fronts and it's like, Beth is the person that really embodies that like shitty uh, like person that doesn't want to have anything to do with the other person. Like doesn't even want to give like, people a chance. Like, like I know this, these like, people. She's not wrong to to like to whatever she feels about about, about Joe is like like but like if she, she can choose to block him, I feel like like we're gonna get to this later. Like in terms of what the resolution is, is that there needs to be other steps before this, but the way the technology is in place done. Right. Yeah. 
So but, anyway, yeah. So yeah, so he he doesn't get the time of day. Um, he tries to track her down, talks to her friend Tim. Uh, they don't know where she is. Her, she quit her um, job. Yeah, she's gone. She's like in the wind. Um, so at this point, he figures, well, I at least know the father. I can send him letters. So he he sends a bunch of letters to her father and gets no response. So he's like, screw it. I'm going to go over there. So he makes a trek over to the father's place. And lo and behold, she's there. She's been staying with her father. Uh, I mean, he, he sees her getting out of the car and, and he, let me just say this scene is very creepy because he's <laughs> like behind a tree, like a hundred yards away, just yeah. creeping. Well, did her. you notice too, that when he goes through his scroll wheel of his nub, that he can zoom in, like he can have like binocular vision with his eyes. Um, but like, yeah, his notion was like every Bethany would always spend Christmas with her father and he sees the car and he's like, I'm going to zoom in. And there's the brief bit, whatever, um, like he is admitting that like, you know, Bethany's like bringing a, uh, a um, like a child carrier in up, 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 like up the stoop, right. Or up the steps. And then that's where you get Matt saying, Oh, you know, legal blocks can't cover, uh, they cover offspring. So Joe is tortured. He finds out that Bethany keeps the baby. He can't even see what the baby is. Yeah, no, he doesn't know if it's a girl, a boy, um, you know, like how the baby's it, doing at it all. It could be a static monster. We don't know. Anyway. Yeah, a maggot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be a brundle fly. We don't know. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, that's that's got to be heart-wrenching for Joe as well. Like, he can't even see his child. Like, I, I imagine playing the keep away, but now you actually see the child, but it's still like this weird game of keep away. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, you know, like, is he, is he doing the right thing right now? No, there's still sympathy for him as a person. When you see that he can't even see it, the, the child, right? The dude's just broken. Like, it's just yeah. so sad to see him going to these levels of like, very creepy, awkward, like trying to stay in touch, at least knowing something about her. It's it's some sense of satisfaction. He at least can see what is left of her. Her outline is good enough for him. It's like he's still connected to her in some way. And that's that's what makes him even more of a broken character because of that. Like the dude just can't get get past this moment. Like his whole life was invested in Beth. Well, yeah, because after four, four Christmases of being creeper McGee out in the woods, right? Like, um, you know, like, is that a Christmas tradition of like, Oh, there's the British guy out looking out the windows. You know, I, I don't want to be part of that. Um, he eventually figures out that the outline is, is a girl. He has a, he, he has a daughter. So he leaves like a little wooden rabbit, like, you know, like one of like, like the front of the house and she goes, grabs it. He's like, I brought her a gift. He figures out he has a daughter and then that's what like, you know, so he's like, at least he has like a, like, just like a wisp of information to work with. Right. Um, but then this is when things turn like, invariably so. Cause Charlie Brooker is like, Hey, this is sad. I'm punching in the kidneys. Now I'm going to punch you in the, like, in, I don't know, the spleen liver, every other life giving, um, organ in your body. So Terry, please. Walk us through um, the heartbreak that is the rest of the story. So we finally see Joe is back at his own house. <laughs> it's like he, he found some time to watch some TV and get get into the news. Um, so while he's watching the news, he realizes that there is a, a train crash that has happened. 
And one of the victims that scrolls by is is Beth. Beth died in the train uh, accident. Yeah. And so, but with her dying in the train accident, though, he's able to see her face on TV. So because she passed away, the block passed. Like, that's part of the rules of the tech, right? So then he goes, realizes that with the block, like, passing from her, that he can now see um, his daughter. And this is, he. he's like, you know... I, you know, I'm not trying to ask for much. I got the snow globe. I wrote it like I, he wrote a note on the bottom. It said from daddy and he might as well wrote, you know, Andy on the bottom. I don't know, but he wrote from daddy wraps with the snow globe and, uh, goes out to his, uh, you know, former, like he goes to the, the, the let's just say father-in-law, like he's not father-in-law, but you know, the dad's house, the place he's been stalking to go, to go meet his daughter. And, here comes a sledgehammer, sledgehammer one of seven or whatever, please. So he, he starts walking up on the little girl as she's playing in the yard. And when he comes up right behind her and she turns to look at him, he ha- he realizes, and I don't know what the best way to say this is, but it's not his daughter. Well, no, Cause um, we, we mentioned earlier, like the, the friend Tim, we forgot to mention he's, he, he's an Asian in appearance. And like, um, and so the, the, the girl, the, the daughter that we see is Asian in appearance. Like it's, it's not, you know, like it, he, our, our character, Joe is a, a pasty white English dude. This is not his kid. Right. This is, this is the scenario where like, he knows that he's not the father. He, he realizes now this is, this is Tim's daughter. Yeah. Right. And especially when you see some of the interactions um, that the flashbacks show us, um, there was some real closeness there between <laughs> Tim and Beth. And they were coworkers, and uh, yeah, there was there was definitely something going on between Tim and Beth. Yeah, like like we see. <laughs> and so we now yeah, realize that like she got pregnant because of Tim, and then she didn't want it because she was dating Joe, and then she you know broke up with him, and you know yeah, so. Yeah, so we we have that sledgehammer where he's like, "Oh shit!" And then he goes into the house to talk to confront the father, Bethany's father, right? And yeah, um, please tell me your reaction to all this because that that's one hammer. There's more hammers. I I just I don't even know, like how, like Joe even has the energy to stand up now, like how this didn't just like drive him into the ground and just pull the dirt over him. Because like, my whole thing is like, why didn't like Bethany just be like, after a while being like, look, look like this is what happened. I left you. Cause I cheated on you because things weren't working out. Like whatever, whatever reason, right? Like, but she kept it from him. Like there was this extra layer of punishment that like, I don't know. Like I, I, me, I, I guess I'm just trying to like, like what was this deserved? But also people, this is the way people act. Like wait, we talked about the big episode about uh, Charlie Brooker keeping the human interaction here. I could easily see somebody realizing like, oh, he doesn't know that this kid isn't his. I'm going to leave him in the dark just to punish him. Right. And you can see the cowardness that was Beth now. Like you, you realize her actions were only because she was a coward and she couldn't come come straight with with Joe and tell him why she 
she blocked him, why she couldn't be honest about what ended up happening. I mean, yeah. even after this daughter turns like three years old or four years old, she still doesn't have the balls to tell him. It's like, what a coward. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, we're all humans. We know where shit happens, but this is, this is like, regardless of tech, it just, it drills down to the way people treat each other. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sad. And yeah. so, uh, he, he, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Let's throw yeah. <laughs> Continue, please. This is dark. You have no idea what's coming. Like, sorry. If you guys have not watched this again, you should watch this. Whew. It yeah. gets, uh, it, it, just to put it in a, like a commercialism framing, uh, and there's more. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, so like he slowly walks into the house and he just, he's a zombie now. And uh, the, the uh, Beth's father sees that he's there and he's like, what are you doing here? Beth is gone. You have no reason to be here. And, he's like, and just the only thing that Joe can say is, I, I want to see my daughter. Where is my daughter? Like, he was so fixated on this for probably four years at this point now. And that was all the guy had to hold on to with the tips of his fingers. And that is like in shambles now. Like it is being pissed on like the ashes of what his, his, what he thought was possibly even a remote future of what he could have had. Yeah. So, so, uh, so best father, you know, he's holding a knife at this point and the persuasion is going to get violent here. If uh, Joe doesn't leave and he tries to make Joe leave and Joe takes the snow globe globe and bashes him in the head with it. Yeah. It's like, so like, I also want to point out that like, um, the, the kitchen area is going to, it's coming back, but anyway, there's, there's a familiar clock and everything, but no, but we find out that like the, the, um, the father uh, actually got all the letters and threw them away. That's what, what prompts the violence because he's like, Oh, you know, she didn't know. Basically you find out that, that Bethany didn't know like all the letters of like, apology repentance like wanting to be like she she doesn't she doesn't not have um responsibility and it's not that she wasn't being a shitty person it's just that the father because that was the hook of this whenever joe starts talking to uh, matt was like her father never ever liked me and this becomes the hook of the story so when that happens like he he so um joe realizes that that all the letters he wrote never got to bethany so then, right. so then at this point, um, the, the, the daughter, her name, I think her name's may he's like, yeah, go upstairs. And then, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to talk to this weird guy that, you know, has, you know, a snow globe and, uh, yeah, like again, Joe should not do what he does. Um, but us as an audience, we understand why he does it. We don't sympathize, but we understand what he does. Right. He's just, he's lost it. So yeah, he's uh, broken. Was, yeah, 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 exactly. And, um, you know, at, at this point now, um, you know, the father, he, he dies from the injury, uh, like and blunt, blunt force trauma. Can we just point out like how much that looked to hurt being clocked to the head with a snow globe and him right. stumbling off at the side and him about to like the father about to stand up to say something and be like, nah, done. <laughs> like just, right. whew. That hurts. So, and, you know, and, and Joe just doesn't like, he just 
he doesn't care anymore now. So he just gets up, walks away, leaves the house, just whatever. Bloody um, snow globe left, by the way. Just wanna... Right. Yeah. That, so that's there's a, a hell of a picture right there. Uh, just like this, the blood uh, covered snow globe, like at Christmas snow globe, like happy holidays to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we, um, we go back to the cabin that Matt and uh, Joe are in and like Joe is like, he's trying not to like fall apart while he's telling this to Matt and Matt is egging him on to tell him more. Like, so what happened to the little girl? And we see that the little girl, um, apparently had, uh, hidden away in like her room for a period of time. And then she, she figured it's finally time to get help. So she, she makes, she made a little present for her grandfather, leaves it on his lap, opens up the door and goes out into into the wild, into the the, the tundra. <laughs> so she waits till Boxing Day, which I guess traditionally is the day after Christmas. Oh, well, okay. I, I, we, we, there was Christmas Eve when the okay. So two days she waited in her bedroom, yeah. and you just see her with like broken like candy jars or whatever around her. Like she hid under her bed for two days, and then came down, saw her like dead grandfather, gave him a present, and then went to go get help. Right. So, um, you know, Matt, uh, asks Joe, like, how far did she get? And it is, man, this is a terrible scene too. He, he doesn't even really explain how far she got. He looks out the window and you see the little girl's body by a tree. That's maybe 200 yards away from the, yes. Like, geez, Charlie Brooker, like, you animal. <laughs> so, Terry, are you happy I made you watch this? <laughs> Woo. We're not even at, like, that. that is another hammer to fall. We're not even at the end of this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Wait, there, um, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, we see that uh, Joe is still being, like, kind of disconnected about what the demise is here and like matt's like confess confess just tell me what happened well, we, yeah but so he so joe even says like he got pulled in like by the authorities and he's like i'm not gonna say anything i'm the sitting like butte like he's like I, I didn't tell them anything so we see him like this beard covered dude sitting in a cell saying that like i you know i hadn't told anybody anything and so now we're five years later supposedly um sorry I'm, I'm leaning into this and that's whenever we got matt saying hey just you know what happened tell me confess and uh yeah joe breaks down and he says i confess i yeah. confess so then <laughs> so then there's this brief bit it's just like we have matt being like ha i did it like scoreboard you know the whole thing and he's like, you know, proud of himself prancing around this room. And, uh, and Joe's like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like, guys, can I come out now? And then, you know, uh, when Joe's sorry, when, when, uh, Joe's putting two and two together, Matt is gone. And we get to, um, like the, the first ending of two or, so, or three, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We see that Matt is coming out of the matrix and, yep. uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, he is in a police station and, um, 
his his job, his task that we was supposed to perform here was to get a confession from from uh, Joe. So he went into Joe's mind. And I, I guess we have to make sure that we uh, put this note out there, too. When uh, Joe finally explains how he killed uh, Beth's father, that's when the cabin actually turns into the house that was the Beth's kitchen. Father. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the, the clock and like, yeah, you're right. Like it slowly morphs into the kitchen in which he uh, clocked the father in the head with the snow globe. Even the snow globe shows up there right at the end. And uh, so, yeah, uh, this, there was a deal that was made by Matt and the police officers that if he had gotten the confession that there was like a plea bargain uh, for something off of his sentence or whatever. We haven't really figured that out yet, but I do like the one officer was like, it took him 70 minutes. I'm like, that's literally the runtime of the episode. I thought that was funny by the way. And it's a, it's fascinating and like how he's able to manipulate the time and as well, because what Joe perceived as five years, it literally was just Matt messing around on his tablet to make it seem like there was five years that it had, uh, past that's why matt was like that's why i pushed it forward because i kind of knew like he was like you know, like you get the notion especially john ham just oozing confidence with this like this character right he's like i knew I, I knew i could get this he's like it's good enough right we're good enough to get the confession uh because we find out then that um the tide all together is that um joe wasn't talking so they put a cookie in his head like a cookie chip or whatever a cookie crisp as you will and uh they put that uh, that that chip into a cookie, and then they used his um, separated personality and memories and AI. They built a profile and put a duplicate self into a cookie for Matt to go in and talk to to get the confession. Which I guess under this current court of law, a uh, digital duplication that confesses is good enough as a confession. So, uh, you know, police are on point right now. They're trying to figure out how they can make this work. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, like, uh, so uh, he goes into the deal. He says, you know, are you guys going to be able to honor the deal, whatever? So the police explain to him, like, yeah, we'll, we'll be able to do what, what, what we need to hear. But um, there's still, there's like a caveat to this you're still going to have to suffer a little bit of consequence here. You didn't report a murder. You, you didn't, um, you, you were doing illegal, um, like what he was doing with Harry in the bar and all that stuff. That was an illegal thing for, for, uh, for him. And he wasn't like, he was, he has to pay the piper still. Yeah. So we find out that his, uh, new sentence is, uh, that he's allowed to go free, but every, like he's going to be blocked by everybody. So when he goes outside, everybody is like that weird static image. Um, and he can't hear anybody's voices, but yeah. when people see him, he is red. So like, it's like bad guy alert. The red guy is the bad guy. Well, cause like they even told me, it's like, you're going to be put on like a, a, like a peeper sex offender list or whatever, how they like this find it. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, just go out there. But it's like, how, I like, so, so he goes outside and, and like, and so he can't see anybody and they all see him as like, you know, uh, red man or whatever. Right. Um, and so like they're terrified and he can't hear anybody. Um, 
that 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 brings a lot of questions in, right? Other than like it's terrible and horrible, and he he's a piece of shit and he deserves it. Like, there's no doubt about that. But so then the other part of this too, it's twofold. After this one, um, the the police go to the actual Joe that's sitting in the cell, and we see like the little blue um, bandaid on his forehead where they took the cookie out, and said, "Hey, by the way, uh, your digital self confessed. Good luck, son of a bitch." You know. So that happened and then, but his cookie self is still there and the, like the interrogation office and they're like, Oh, well, what are we going to do with this guy? And the, the, someone's like taking the tablet. It's like, yeah, what if we just punish him for a thousand years? What about that? And they're like, yeah, we'll leave him right until morning. I'm like, Oh my gosh. It's like, they're punishing two separate selves. Yeah. The way he, he altered the time, um, on his tablet, Joe is going to be suffering a thousand years a minute <laughs> while these people are out having their eggnog with their family he's losing his mind <laughs> in this purgatory and then, yeah then they also picked the song for the playlist so talk about that a little bit more and what happens with joe when he tries to uh sorry cookie joe but <laughs> that's that sounds like a good guy cookie joe right he's not a good guy so yeah he's in the he's in the whatever this the simulation of yeah. the, the dead father's place. And he, there's a radio that shows up that plays this Christmas song. And what was it? A Christmas. I wish Christmas would be every day <laughs> by wizard with two. Yeah. He smashes the radio, which I think anybody would at this point, <laughs> even if it was Mariah Carey's all I want for Christmas, I, that radio is dead. <laughs> like I'm toasting that thing. And it magically appears just fine right behind him again and he does it like two more times and it just keeps on showing back up and it gets louder and louder louder. and louder each time yeah it is it's terrible this is like this would be my purgatory like i would hear christmas (laughs) music for a thousand years or whatever yeah yeah so so that's uh, that's fun right yeah so no like so the ending to this is twofold one Matt, you know, being the manipulator that he is, he used his skills to do the thing and now he's blocked from everybody. So my question about that is how can he function as a human being going forward? Like, what can you do to live? Like, how can you get like gainful employment and food and day-to-day things if you can't talk to anybody? That, like, it's a death sentence. And like, that's the way it's painted. It's a death sentence. Yeah, he's going to have to become a farmer or something like that. <laughs> like, he's not going to be able to provide much for himself if he yeah. doesn't do, like, that kind of uh, gainful employment. Like, so, he has to provide for himself. So, I mean, it's just desserts from him because he's a piece of shit this entire time. We know that. Uh, and then Joe, like, physical Joe is going to suffer. But then, like, AI Joe, Cookie Joe, is, like, worse off. And, like, as he's, like, smashing the radios, we keep hearing the song. And there's like this like whole like uh like infinity mirror thing going on, whatever you call it, where it's like they look keep they, they keep focusing on the snow globe and it's like, you know, the song's playing, it's like time after time after time after time. It's like it is like I for like so I saw this a couple years ago and I was burning through Black Mirror. Everything everything hurts watching this. But there's a couple episodes that have a more positive beat. Uh believe it or not, Terry. Like there's a couple it's like, oh okay, that's not so bad. Um, and one of my favorite 40 minutes of all time is in black mirror. And I'm not going to tell you which one, um, you Terry. So when you find it, let me know, because it's one of my favorite things of all, of all time. 
Because you, you have to go through all this like being like beat to the point where you're pissing blood and you're like, what's going to happen next? Oh, well, that's a happy ending. Okay, I love this one. You know, you get you get good sometimes. Um, I, yeah, please go ahead. I, I can't wait. Like it's it, this we like this was a fascinating episode. Um, I just if this is kind of like what I'm going to get, if this is a blueprint for what Black Mirror is. I am all about it. And it's I think not even the blueprint. This is like the standard of what this is. Um, we, like, so, okay. Side question. Were you able to watch it with your wife or no? No. Um, I, I unfortunately had to watch it alone, but I'm definitely going to like tomorrow morning. You're going to be like, I wish Christmas was every day. We're going to watch this right now. No, like, no, I, I love your wife too much. She's such a happy, positive person that I don't know if black mirror would, uh, destroy her. Like <laughs> I'd feel bad if, uh, she suddenly becomes like, you know, sullen and, um, you know, pessimistic about the world because of black she mirror. Would, she would just become numb. I swear. <laughs> like I, I, I honestly like sat there like wide eyed after this episode, just numb that's all the only way i can explain it right but it's like like numb like numb as in like you're emotionally beat but you're like you kept saying this this entire time it's so well written and so well done that you can't fault it like god damn this is so good yeah it's 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 amazing that they were able to make all of these like little stories mesh so well together and we got a cohesive story and it made you feel something like i feel like it's difficult for like all of those like to align together sometimes yeah so uh so yeah this is this episode is a little bit longer than uh probably what we were shooting for i mean we did we did season four twilight zone we ran i don't know however long we did um but this was like different, different like touch points in terms of the plot, but it all got woven together. Um, I don't know. I got, I got, I don't have any other notes other than I was super excited to talk to you about this. And I had forgotten about cookie Joe being stuck in his own personal hell. Like I'm not saying that like Matt, uh, AKA John ham or John ham, Matt, I don't know, whatever Matt ham, uh, didn't deserve all that. Cause he did. And that's messed up and dark. And that's the thing that stuck, stuck with me was like the outlines of people. I forgot about AI Joe, which that is also worse. I don't know why, why I feel bad for code, but I kind of do. I did. You were supposed to feel something from this episode. You're supposed to feel something for every one of the characters. Um, and that's like, again, Charlie Brooker, like he nailed it. Uh, this is, Ter- terrific writing for you to feel as invested or at least I felt invested for every one of these characters. It's just, it was a hell of a roller coaster ride of emotions for yeah. me. All right. So do you have any other notes about the episode improper? Cause I don't, I don't have anything else. I'm spent. This is a, uh, it's been, it's been a fun beating to death. Uh, I do have a little uh, treat of knowledge. Uh, so somebody did the math here if, at, at a, a thousand years a minute. Um, uh, Joe Potter's character will be in that cabin for one one million four hundred and forty thousand years, and he will be listen to that song. Like, I I can't even say this number. I think it's one hundred and fifty four trillion times. Like, that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's still slightly less than 
the times that Old Town Road's been played like the last two years, is what you're saying. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like again, the end song, I, I, you know, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Charlie Brooker coming in with like that, like just like venomous dark humor. Like you got to appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh, it's just wild. Like the, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm so numb. Like yeah. I'm just like, like I had said about the other episode I had watched. It's like, I just felt so hollowed out by this. Yeah. So can I just, can I just tell you that like nine times out of 10, I know there's not many episodes. You're going to feel like you're just done with life. But later on, later on, there's a couple where it's like, oh, wow, Charlie Brooker does have a ray of sunshine. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a ghostwriter then at that point. Like <laughs> his no, wife had to step in and be like, it's going to be a happy day, Charlie. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I cannot, I don't want to step on anything. Like just watch Black Mirror. It's so good. It's so well written. Like, thank you for uh, wanting to dig in. Like, my God, I love the series. I, I adore it. And I feel like if Sterling was still alive today at age 94, um, sorry, 96, he would be like, oh God, that's, that's terrible. But tell me more. Like, I feel like his interest would be piqued at this. Yeah. People have been telling me about this series constantly and how good it is and how well the, it's written. Um, I'll just say to my friends that are listening now that kept on telling me to, to, to watch it, uh, I'm sorry it took me this long, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you now. Like whatever, whatever I've it takes. Right? I, I was, I was late to the game too. Like I didn't get to it until Netflix got it. Um, and then I got into it and I was just like, like there, there's the very first episode is called, uh, was it, um, uh, Oh, the national anthem. That is a messed up episode, like all black mirror, but it's different. And I will just tell people watch that one. Cause it's good and interesting. But please do not think that this is what the the rest of Black Mirror is. I feel like I, I like it's not even those things that you can watch in order. But I also feel like it is kind of rewarding to watch it in order because you like to quote James Cameron talking about um, making aliens. It's forty miles of bad road. Like you have to. I feel like you have to pay the toll of Black Mirror to get to the good stuff. In terms of good stuff, I mean the the more positive things that happen later. I feel like you have to get your stripes in. And, you know, you have, and you're going to watch other ones. And I'm not going to tell you where the good ones are, but there's happier ones coming. I'll find them. I'll find them. Damn it. I need, and you're going to text happy. me when it happens. Cause I'm going to lose my mind when you're like, Oh, that was a good one. I'm like, yes. Can we talk about it? Cause I'm going to lose my mind when we get there. Well, I, I, I can't wait for these discussions because this has been a hell of a one, man. Like, I really was uh, excited to talk to you about this episode, and I, I hope people have really enjoyed this uh, this coverage of what we what we endured for you. We did this for you. <laughs> right. So, all right. Um, just as it is um, like it's customary for our show, uh, and this is this is not going to be fair, but we got to rate that twist. Which one? I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I'm going to say black mirror. I'm going to just, I'm just going to give it a solid four and be like, you guys figure it out. I'm going to go with five. Man. Right. I was, I was surprised in every turn this made. Uh, it's, it's a complete five for me. Okay, good. So everybody, your mileage may vary, but we both dig it. And again, upon the rewatch, like I was telling Terry before we started recording, normally what I'll do for the shows 
is that I'll watch um, whatever we're covering, like once through without taking notes, just getting the vibe of it. And then I'll watch it taking notes. I had seen this previously and I know it was 70 minutes. So I was like, I'm good. So I ended up like taking notes the second, like the, we're watching it for the show this like one time. And even at the end, I still wanted to take a shower. Like I just, whew, like, but again, that doesn't deter me from digging back into black mirror because it's, it's so goddamn good. It's like, yes, yes. Uh, you know, just tear me raw. Like give me good storytelling. Give me smart writing. Make me terrified of what's going on in the next 15 minutes in the future just punish me, punish me, uh, black mirror daddy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's getting dark. Yeah. Darker. So, uh, but yeah, no dude, I'm, I'm right there with you at this. It kicked my ass. It yeah. really did. And uh, I'm, like, I'm happy. I'm uh, a better man for it now. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I just, you, you know me, like I was trying, like the less, the less, you know, the better. Right. So, and I knew, I knew this would be in your wheelhouse. I just knew it. I just, but it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know, you, 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 you and I have both probably sit down with other people with movies that we love and things where it's like, we all we want to do is stare at people and be like, ah, ah, you know, this is one of those ones I was trying my best not to text you and be like, did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? Did you watch it yet? Like I knew you were going to dig it. Yeah. It, you knew me, man. Like this was, this was right up my alley and yeah. it, it did not uh, let me down. Actually it, it did let me down because I was, <laughs> I was, Man, emotionally, it let me down, but I it was terrific TV. I mean, this is good stuff, man. I can't wait to get so into good. more. Yeah, so, all right. That's going to do it for us talking about uh, Black Mirror or White Christmas. Um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a week off um, because, you know, we need a week to get over this, is what, you know, honestly. Uh, but we're going to come back um, uh, second week of January, we're going to be talking about the seventh is made up of phantoms. We, we played the, t- the, the Sterling teaser for that last episode. So we'll get right back on the twilight zone. Then hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, if this is your first time watching black mirror, dig in, there is delights to be had. That's all I'll say about that, but have a good Christmas, have a safe Christmas. But before we, uh, round out here, you guys can find us on Facebook at uh, strange highways. Um, not podcast, whatever. It's a podcast that we do find us there. Email us directly at strangehighways at gmail. Sorry, strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com. I'm, I'm, I'm drunk like Joe. I was just being an asshole to karaoke. That's all I do. Uh, t- uh, you guys could, uh, you know, wherever you find your podcast, please, uh, you know, rate and review us. And uh, Terry has some other social media things going on. So, yeah, um, I want to make sure that I point this out. Uh, while we were on the phone tonight uh, about to discuss the episode, we finally hit our 200 likes on Facebook. So thank you um, for everybody um, uh, coming coming out and uh, digging up on uh, the uh, Twilight Zone stuff. Uh, our, we greatly appreciate it. Um, we hope you guys are enjoying this because we're having a hell of a ride. Um, and uh, we are on um, Instagram these days, too. So uh, not really digging Facebook. Uh, then go to Instagram yeah. and then we will uh, bombard you with uh, fun pictures and, uh, you know, you know, see what we can uh, surprise you with here and here and there. But we are a strange highways podcast and Instagram. All right. So yeah, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Have a good holiday, have a safe holiday. Um, and I don't know, I just, I got nothing. I am, I am, I am beat the shit. I'm done. I am a bloody pulp after talking about this. Yeah, I need to get jolly. So, uh, yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. So, would you say that you would wish it was Christmas every day? <laughs>